A wise man has good boots when he goes hunting. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Okay, we are rolling, 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 rolling. Welcome, guys, to this is episode number 29, I think. I think we're, yeah, yeah, tracking with like episode 29. So, this is Jim Huntsman coming at you live from the Broken Tine studio in Hayden, Idaho. Welcome to the Western Huntsman podcast. Glad you guys are tuning in. It's another great week. I got another awesome show for you. This is kind of going to be, uh, I think this is like the last of my series on gear. And uh, we are brought to you by Phelps Game Calls. Get them close and scree extreme mountain gear. Um, and so uh, speaking on those terms, yeah, I think we've had, let's see, we've had Tacticam on uh, for for recording your, your hunts, filming your hunts. We've had Scree uh, talking about your technical hunting apparel. We've had uh, Initial Ascent talking about packs. Uh, we've had all sorts of, uh, this, this little series about gear regarding gear. And I think it's an important topic. It's a good topic. I'm, I'm, I'm by no means a, you know, a big, big time gear nut or anything like that, but it's, it's good to talk about it and let you guys know what's out there and what's available. And, uh, now in this episode, we are going to have, I'm really excited about this one. So you guys know I'm in North Idaho and I had the pleasure of having a person that owns a, a, a North Idaho-based company, uh, and that company is called Hoffman Boots. And Jim Hoffman is uh, the owner, one of the partners of Hoffman Boots, and it's a it's a family-owned business. It's a smaller company, and they make fantastic boots. And they really made their splash in uh, coming into selling boots for like linemen and and loggers and and those kind of type type kind of boots and they've uh over the last decade or so have really made a transition into into hunting footwear and uh i I ran the explorers for for several years and and really liked them and i really like the fact that uh he's local and and it's a local company uh but if you're listening to this somewhere else like you're let's say you're in texas or you're in arizona uh don't let uh, don't don't get hung up on that these are these are fantastic world-class boots i'd put them against any other boot out there all the big top name brands Hoffman Boots is uh, is definitely my go-to recommendation, uh, and Jim was uh, he was kind enough to give us a promo code if you're uh, for for the listeners of this show, which is super cool, um, and I'll put that in the show notes because it's got to be all caps, and you put Huntsman fifteen. And just type in Huntsman 15, and that'll get you 15% off when uh, when you check out. At, if you go to the website at hoppinboots.com and and uh, check that out. So um, pretty good discount, actually. I'm just making sure I got that website right. Yeah, hoppinboots.com. And you can check out. They, they've got 6-inch and 8-inch boots. and all. Well, they've just got tons of options. It's, that's on you guys. Check it out. See what you like. Uh, I get excited about boots because uh, of all the things – 
that a lot of people get really excited about in terms of of hunting gear and apparel that a lot of people get excited about bows and and uh, or packs or uh you know whatever I, I really like boots. I don't know what my deal is. And like as as a day to day wear, I, I usually I'm you can usually find me in some some cowboy boots. And that's just because I've worn the damn thing so long. I it feels weird when I'm not wearing them. But when I'm in the field, the cowboy boots stay home. And um, I'm usually throwing these Hoffmans on. I just wore my last pair out, so I'm gonna I'm gonna replace them here this uh, here in the next week or so, uh, hopefully. So anyway. Uh, boots are a great topic. You guys, we talk, uh, we talk, uh, as I talk with Jim throughout this, it's, it's super weird saying somebody who's got my same first name. <laughs> so, so Jim Hoffman, uh, as, as we, we discuss, we talk a little bit about his background and the, and the company story and the history, which you guys know, I'm a sucker for a good company story. Uh, we talk about how to take care of boots, how to break in boots, maintaining boots, all this cool stuff. So that is what is on the docket for today. And, um, you know what, I'm just going to kind of get right into it. I don't really have any major announcements other than last week, I told you guys, uh, that, you uh, should write into me and tell me what like your best excuse, whether you've really used it or not, or if you've just thought about using your best justification to your spouse or significant other, whatever, um, <clears throat> to purchase and, and, and buy hunting gear. And I only got like two responses, and I've got this nice, shiny Maverick read to give away to somebody, and I kind of have a policy. Uh, when I when I do these competitions, I need to get like five as a minimum, five to ten responses as as a minimum, and so because I don't want what 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 sometimes hap- happens when I when I do these, you know, generally you have one or two people that they respond to everything, and so they would essentially like if that was all I got every time, they'd pretty much win everything. So which would be cool for them, but I want I want to kind of spread the love a little bit, so that that is gonna I'm gonna carry that on for another week. So the the question is is what is the best excuse you've ever used or thought of uh, creative way to justify hunting gear purchase to your spouse? Now, if you've got a spouse that is big time into hunting, like you are, might not be as uh, as necessary, right? To have this great creative excuse justification, whatever you want to call it, uh, to buy buy uh, hunting gear. Because and and that's just not the case with me. Like my wife, she she doesn't hunt, and so she doesn't understand why it's important to buy some of this higher end gear and and use it. And so some some things she does, and actually she's super cool about it. I am not complaining. Um, I've got I've got more stuff than I'll ever use and know what to do with. But uh, I I still I still like to get it, and I I still have to. I I think it's funny. In fact, I'll take these excuses and use them on her as a joke to see see what she thinks about them and and give you guys some feedback on that. But anyway, write into me Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com and let me know what uh, you've used in the past or or which uh, what you think would work well. And it's got to be I, I want it to be like funny or or like super creative. Uh, however you've justified purchasing hunting gear and uh, we'll make it happen. I'll pick the best one and send a readout to you. Um, so, and then as far as uh, everything else goes, we just got the new website up and running. Uh, the westernhuntsman.com is where you could find that. However, the store is not live yet, but we've got some cool t-shirts and swag stuff uh, coming up. If you guys, if you guys like buying that and uh, uh, you know, supporting the podcast with that kind of stuff, but they're also going to be you know pretty cool shirts and and hats and, and I don't know what else we're going to have on that thing yet because I'm just not very good at that kind of thing. So, 
but I've, I've had a lot of people ask me for it. And so we decided, you know what, we're going to get like a store going where you can jump on there and, and buy a Western Huntsman t-shirt. Some of them are, are pretty cool. And so once, once that's live, I'll let you guys know and, and you guys could check it out. And if you, you grab a t-shirt or something, we, uh, as, as with anything, man, we, we really appreciate it. So, uh, you can, you'll be able to check that out at the Western Huntsman.com and check us out at Facebook at the Western Huntsman. And you can also join the hunting group that, uh, we formed called hunting the West dash the Western Huntsman. And there's a lot of really good serial big game killers in this group, uh, that you could bounce ideas and questions off of. Uh, and then obviously we are trying to grow the Instagram as well. And so join us on at, at, uh, on Instagram at the Western Huntsman. So other than that, we're on Twitter too, but that thing sucks. I don't know how to work it. And I, I don't really get on there very often. So I check it like once a week. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks again for tuning in. This was a fun episode. I, I, it was cool because I, um, I got to have Jim actually come into the studio uh, we poured a cocktail, had some whiskey flowing, and had just a great discussion about boots. And we kind of go all over the place, which is my favorite kind of conversation. So he's a super cool guy. You know, you just you never know what you're going to get, especially when you've got you know somebody that that owns uh, a very well known company like Hoffman Boots. Not that they're like you know this this monstrosity of a company. And we talk about that within the episode. But this is a this is a viable strong, well-known name brand in the boot industry. And so I'm always curious how that's going to look. You know, you get the CEO or the founder or the president and and sit down with them. And um, I don't know if it's going to be like awkward or um, just kind of off or whatever, but that, man, that wasn't the case with Jim. He, he came right in and and we hit it off, had a great conversation, uh, shared shared some whiskey and uh, just had a good time, and 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 I hope you guys get a lot out of it. I learned a ton about boots. I didn't know some of the stuff that you guys are going to hear uh, about boots and how to take care of them and maintain them and break them in and all this stuff, all the different nuances that go into hunting boots because it's a, it's a big deal. And I will tell you from experience, I I'm a guy that has not hundreds but thousands of miles on my feet, and that's because of my time in the infantry marines. That's that's how we get around. Uh, we walk. We walked everywhere. And and I will tell you, the boots will make or break you. It's probably the most important piece of gear that you're going to take into the field. If your feet give out on you, if you wear those suckers down and you've got these huge blisters and no skin left on the bottom of your feet, things like that, uh, your hunt is like ruined, man. It's it's ruined. It's And, and you've got you've to gotta take care of your feet. Change your socks. Keep your feet dry. All these things that are critical when you're in the field, especially for the backpacker or backcountry hunters that are going in with a backpack overnight for several nights in a row, it's even more critical for you to make sure you've got enough socks and, and you're taking care of those feet. Because I tell you what, there is nothing worse than when you're when you're several miles back in and your feet are toast and you've still got several miles back to the truck and you can't keep going. You cannot keep going to pursue an elk or a, or a mule deer or a whitetail, whatever you're going after in the back country uh, when your feet are like that. So just take it from a guy who's uh, learned the hard way. Boots are a critical, critical element. So this is a, this is a really important podcast episode and uh, looking forward to it. So with that said, guys, 
Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate all the support. It's just been mind-boggling. I've uh, just, I, I, man, I'm enjoying this. I tell you what, I am really enjoying this. I've always known I like to talk hunting, and you guys know I like to get off topic and, and just just get yakking aimlessly, kind of like what I'm doing right now. And uh, but I, I just enjoy it. I enjoy having these conversations. I've made a lot of great friends out of this, and and uh, not just with guests, but with listeners too that that uh, send me messages and stuff like that. It's just been it's just been fantastic. This is what uh, this is what dreams are made of, man. I uh, I, pr- I appreciate it. So you guys have a great week. Uh, I again am heading up uh, uh, the mountain at some point this week to go uh, scare the trout away, and I will uh, catch you guys next week. But in, in the meantime. Enjoy the enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. I'm here with Jim Hoffman of Hoffman Boots. One of my favorite boot companies. Um, well, in fact, it is my favorite boot company. And uh, we are actually here in the Broken Tine studio. It's really nice to have somebody actually physically in the studio again and, and uh, moving towards that way instead of doing these these remote interviews over the Internet. So, Jim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Jim. So I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. You were uh, all about joining me for a cocktail. Heck, yeah. You can't beat <laughs> us. So we're, we're having some crown and uh, sitting down to talk hunting boots, and, and we've got some questions from listeners on Facebook we're going to go over and just kind of all sort just have a general boot discussion because uh, like I was telling you before we started recording, the idea is to kind of give listeners a bunch of different aspects of, of gear as, as we approach hunting season. And I think boots are probably the most critical component to hunting gear. And uh, so th- I think this is going to be a good conversation. No, nope, sounds good. And I agree with you. I think boots are the most important part. Of anybody's uh, hunting attire, just you know, your feet aren't comfortable. If you don't have the support needed, you're you're not going to go very far. So yeah, I mean, if if and I had this happen where my boots have like blown out on the mountain, you're screwed. Yep. I I literally duct tape a pair of boots one time to get back, and I had a replacement set sitting in my truck. This was yep. years ago. Yeah, but yeah. and so no, I think I think uh, I think this is fantastic. And I had a pair of uh, the Hoffman Explorers for years. Okay. I say years, but well, let's put it to you this way: miles, miles, and miles. And so, I've been a big fan ever since until I destroyed them last year. Yeah. And so now it's time for a new pair, and, we'll, and we'll we're going to get it. We're going to get we're going to get it going, man. <laughs> All right. So uh, I like to kind of start. Give us a little bit of history on on Jim Hoffman and tell us your background, where where you grew up, and yeah, kind of how things came to be. Yeah. So grew up in northern Idaho. My dad. Uh, moved to northern Idaho in 1973, and the shoe industry part of our family actually goes back four generations. And at the time, my dad moved with his two brothers, bought a shoe repair shop, and started building boots for the logging industry at that time. And that kind of evolved from the logging industry into the utility industry, the lineman industry. Mm -hmm. And that was in the mid-80s. So those were our two main industries that we were supplying. Um, My dad and his brothers didn't hunt at all. And my brother and I basically, uh, my brother being my partner at work, um, we took up hunting at a very early age. 
And um, so the passion was always there to someday. Yeah, because you guys grew up in Cataldo, didn't you? Yeah, Cataldo, Idaho. Up I, I don't Co- know. By Coeur d'Alene area. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know how you don't hunt in, in the oh, Cataldo. Hunt, hunt and fish. Yep. So we did yep. a lot of it. And so uh, basically at that point when we purchased the business from my dad and brothers in the year 2000, um, one of the first things on our agenda was, you know, let's try to come up with some a hunting boot that we really want to put our name on and, mm-hmm. and a product that we can use personally because, you know, both of us aren't, we're not loggers, we're not linemen. We build a great boot in that industry, but we don't use our product. So it yeah. was really a passion to try to find something that we want to develop that we would use and that we were, you know, really happy to put our name on and get out there. So that's kind of where the hunting aspect started. For Hoffman Boots. For Hoffman yeah. Boots, yeah. 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 Gotcha. And so you guys were, were making boots for for logging and, and lineman boots, which lineman boots are super interesting. Yeah. They're they're like a whole different animal than anything else, right? Very very specialized. We have to be able to um, protect an individual is the main thing uh, about a lineman boot is uh, per- having that protective barrier for electricity. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, if a guy comes in contact with a wire or whatnot, you know, we have to be able to shield that up to 18,000 volts of electricity, making sure it doesn't get through that boot and, you know, keep the guy (laughs) alive. So yeah, it's a very specialized and, uh, yeah, we've got some new products now we're testing up to, you know, 40,000 volts electricity. So I would not do that job if I had to worry about 40,000 volts, man. (laughs) No, but we've had stories from individuals that have came back. Uh, I'll never forget. I had a, a wife call me one time and she called me in tears on the phone. I, I had no idea who this person was. Mm-hmm. And she called in tears and she could hardly talk. And she kept, I couldn't understand what she was saying. And finally she said, I just want to thank you. And I said, okay. I was thinking, okay, what happened? You know, did somebody get injured in our boots and whatnot? And she just said, no, I want to thank you. Your boots saved my husband's life last night. And kind of went on to tell me the story how he had stepped on a live wire uh, it had burned so hot that it actually had burned a small ring in the bottom of his sock. But Holy without cow. those boots, it would have definitely killed him for sure. Jeez. So, yeah, it was it was a really t- kind of a touching moment. But yeah. kind of thinking, you know, this is a this is a worthwhile thing we're doing. So it's for sure. It, it's it's kind of a it's it's been a good business to be involved in. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of you and you were just kind of born and raised into into the boots yeah. industry and yep. shoes and. And, uh, um, like with, with Hoffman boots, uh, now you've kind of morphed into, um, a solenoid line for specifically for hunting, which is what we're going to talk about in this episode. Right. Right. And where all can, do you sell boots to? Is it the United States or Western United States? I mean, mainly into the utility industry, basically in every state in the United States and and a lot of boots up into Canada Mm -hmm. and same with the log industry, even though the log industry is more the Northwest and into Canada, but Utility boots, we sell uh, there. We sell. We have bases in Japan and, and uh, some in Germany that we've sent you know, some of our line boots to for guys climbing in the military. And, you know, so it's it's a little more uh, spread out when it comes to utility boots hmm. um, or logging is a little more centralized, more or less into the northwest and areas like that, up in Alaska, things like that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the logging industry is pretty busy up here, so that's that's good. Yeah. That's probably a good uh, portion of your business, right? It is. Uh, most of our competition has actually got out of the logging industry as far as building cork boots go, you know, the metal spikes mm-hmm. on the bottom. So 
um, we have been uh, as busy as ever in the logging part of it. And it's not only logging, it's reforestation, you know, it's, it's, it's thinning, fire prevention, things yep. like yep. that where guys want that traction. Um, you know, so that's, it's, it's been a, a pretty small, a pretty solid overall. And you, you live in Coeur d'Alene yep. and raise kids here. Three kids. So you had brought up a story about a moose hunt with your daughter. Yeah. I want to talk yeah. about that for a minute because yeah. it's a pretty cool story. Yeah. So yeah. it goes back, both of my boys have taken up hunting and, and they've, they really enjoy the hunting and the fishing. My daughter has really done neither. And last year... I had mentioned to her that I would like her to try hunting, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll go out with you sometime." So we had bought we had bought her a uh, combination license, and I thought, well, she said she'd go out. I'm going to put her in for a moose hunt, mm-hmm. and she drew a tag, and she was so excited you, when I told her that Taylor, you drew a moose tag. We're going moose hunting. You know, there's people that have been putting in for a moose tag for years that are going to be pretty upset about <laughs> yes yes i have i have a brother-in-law that's on year 27 oh that's really been putting oh, in. Man. so both of my boys drew in the first two years and she drew her first year so yeah that's crazy uh, i that's don't know cool, what, what it is but you know, I, I have no idea yeah yeah so basically she went out uh, she shot a nice bull and uh i guess the part that really stuck out the most with me is when we got done getting the moose back out packed out to the truck she said dad i want to do this next year and I uh-huh. said, well, we can't do moose, but we're definitely going to do some elk hunting next year. And she's reminded me several times now that she wants to go this year. And so <laughs> uh, that that's just been really exciting for me to get her involved in the outdoor industry part yeah, of it. It's it's critical, too. And, and oh, these guys, everybody's going to hear my cocktail glass going. <laughs> there we go. Um, it's critical, too. I mean, just getting getting younger folks out in the woods that have never been in the woods and getting them passionate and, and uh, helping helping us as, as, a, as a whole within the hunting community. Sure. Um, you know, so I, you know, from me, I, I appreciate you doing that. That's yeah. awesome. And your uh, boys hunt, huh? Yeah, both my boys hunt. And, um, uh, the middle boy's been busy at school for the last four or five years, so I haven't got to spend the time with him as much. But my mm-hmm. younger boy, he's a hunting and fishing fanatic, you know. So, so, yeah. so what's your favorite hunt? Elk hunting. Elk hunting, yeah, hands down. Yeah. And are you, are you doing that in the panhandle here? In the panhandle. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's yeah. Uh, pretty much we're we're hunting the same area then. Yeah. 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 Good deal. No, a lot of elk just. They're just hard to find. Hard to find. <laughs> and when you do, they're hard to get out. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> For that, sure. that's what makes it worth it. So mm, Cool. Good deal. Now, um, company history on Hoffman Boots. Where where did that – you had talked about your dad moved here in 1973. Mm-hmm. Uh, and did he buy a business or did he start it? Or, or Yeah. So he bought a shoe repair shop from a gentleman in Kellogg, Idaho um, that was retiring. And at that time – the mine mining industry was just booming in California oh, yeah. at that time and the logging industry and <laughs> cork boots weren't a thing back then they had well they were and they weren't they used what's called a drive cork back then which basically was a bunch of nails nailed into a bottom of a leather sole mm-hmm. and my dad actually was the one that first had the idea of replaceable cork and if you look at cork boots today they're all done that way well my dad was the first one that had the idea of using a replaceable cork. Nice. And he, you know, being from, they moved from California, they had no idea um, anything about cork boots. Sure. But they had guys asking about that type of a boot with spikes in the bottom. And so after doing some research, he built a pair with a replaceable cork bottom. 
and built it, put it in a shop, and he sold the boot. The second day he put it out, it sold. And so he built, they built two, it was two or three more pair. Uh-huh. And within a couple of weeks, they were gone. And it was like, hey, you know, we might have something here. And so pretty soon it kind of just word got out that, hey, these guys have corks that you can actually replace and not have to tear the whole boot apart to put new corks in. God, but so that exploded. It exploded. Yeah. Huh. So that's now, awesome. Now they're, you know, our corks are definitely um, found all over in the Northwest and mm-hmm. um, by far the biggest supplier of cork boots is our company yeah for the for the timber industry yes. basically yeah uh-huh. yeah no that's great and that's that's what i've talked about a few times on the podcast here is is i i love the the stories behind companies these american stories these uh, you know american success stories and and how these companies develop into you know just what they become yeah you know like that that's a that's a great story sure and yeah. and you guys especially in kellogg if you guys are listening don't know like Kellogg, Idaho is this little teeny town. There's a ski resort, and it's like famous around the around the country for Dave Smith Motors. You're right. They're right. like the Walmart of pickup trucks, right? right? You know, exactly. and the, like every parking lot has a bunch of brand new trucks in it. Yeah. No. Nope. And uh, but it's a cool little town. Yeah. And yeah. I came I came into the Hoffman Boots uh, place. This was like years ago though, like ten years ago probably. Okay. I'm getting old. Yeah, me too. But <laughs> <laughs> so. So no, that's just cool. That's a cool story born out of born out of the uh, the, the the way that these companies are. Um, and you guys, it's all like American made products. Yeah, for the most part. Our, I mean, our hunting line, we do partner with a company out of Italy that does mm-hmm. a lot of our hunting stuff. Better um, than China? No, we don't do we. You know, I you know, that's a touchy subject. With me. I know, it but is. I I really do our best to keep what we can manufacture in the states, from our leather to. Uh, you know, to the uppers of the boots, to uh, mm-hmm. everything that I can source in the U.S., I source, you know, every every component, whatever we can do. And, you know, a lot of times people say, well, yeah, your boots cost more. Well, there's reasons for that. You know, one, quality, two, we support other American companies, you know, and that's, I think that's something that's, that's been lost over the years. And it's I, real, really unfortunate. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think with everything that's gone on lately... You know, over this this spring and into the summer, uh, I think that there's a new focus on putting this level of importance on American-made goods, and I think that that's a good thing. Losing this dependency on foreign manufacturing, I, I think, is going to be a big deal, and especially for companies like Hoffman Boots that are already doing it, and you guys have already been doing the right thing, right? right. And and so right. it's like established, and I, I think that's wildly important. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited about yeah. that factor. Yeah. Um, I got us off topic, man. That's kind of what I no, do sometimes. No, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> important things. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's great. And that's, I, I just want the, I, I want the audience to know, um, you know, the company story behind Hoffman Boots and how you guys developed and, and how you guys, you know, you guys are custom making these boots, yeah. every pair, yeah. you know, and they all come out of Kellogg, Idaho. And, uh, and, and it's just a, it's a great story. It's a great company um, and, and American made and, and everything else that we get into. Um, so I don't want to make this a big ad for Hoffman Boots. I, right. I want to talk boots yeah. uh, and what people should know, like Hunter specifically right, right. Um, should know. And like, give us a rundown of what you think makes a good boot, specifically hunting boots. What what like makes a good boot? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I think foremost is is support. You know, um, and that's what sets apart a boot that comes from 
say Italy or Germany, uh, the mountaineering boot was, you know, that's, that's basically where it originated from. It was like Germany and Italy. Yeah. And, and so one thing the U.S. manufacturers have not been able to do is replicate that process. You won't see that type of boot built here in the U.S. We're, we build what's called more welted style boots where the direct attach like that um, and the mountaineering styles like that 99.9% of them come from the, these countries in Europe, um, and, and our, our hunters love them. And just the, the support that they build into those boots and the ease of walking and the, and the lack of break-in time, um, that that's really what's made these boots so popular. So you had on, on um, I've got your website pulled up here, mm-hmm. which is super nice. When you're in studio, I can play with the internet and go. not mess with the audio. So <laughs> this is good. Uh, is this like a mountaineering style boot, the, the, the Hoffman packs or is that, that, uh, the one you're looking at there is a mountaineering boot. And when I say mountaineering, it is an all leather boot. When you get to a pack style boot, that's a rubber bottom with a leather upper. That's what we call a pack boot. See, I never knew that. I never, I I was wondering what it, what what is a pack boot? Yeah. So a pack boot's going to have a rubber bottom with a leather upper, um, we build all of our pack boots in three different heights. We build them in 10 inch, 12 inch, or 14 inch, and we hand build every upper in our our location in in Kellogg. Um, and those are like hooker boots, yeah. man. So from there, yeah, you can see there's a variety <laughs> of different styles, and um, each each boot actually has a function. Um, there's different liners that go in them for different temperature ratings, anything from you know 200 grams of Thinsulate to 400 grams up to a nine millimeter wool felt. Huh. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different purposes and we built oh, some, toe? Yeah, yeah, some safety toe, some plain toe, uh, some hunting style packs with the air bob type soles on them. Um, even make a Western pack for guys who are riding horses. So, so where, where would a hunter use a pack style boot? So when typically, well, I'll tell you when I use my boots. So when it gets, so little story on my kids, when they were younger, um, I had them, you know, hunting with me a lot and, you know, I might as well have been dragging a refrigerator through this forest with them because they were so dang noisy. It was making, you know, it was like, God, can't you be quiet, you know? And, and it didn't take long to kind of start, uh, changing my hunting style to actually hunting out of a tree stand a little bit in Mm -hmm. November when we were doing some deer hunting and whatnot. And when you're sitting and not moving around very much, even a even a good 400 gram mountaineering boot, you're going to get cold in. Yeah. So these pack boots, they're a little more uh, air pocket into the bottom of that shell, and especially if you get to a nine millimeter wool felt. Um, and then the additions of the thin slates that are built into the boot, which is like this double insulated, right? Right, here. like the mountaineer and the guide. Uh, they're just warmer. So for for guys that are hunting late season in snow or going to be sitting and 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 uh, you know doing some spotting and things like that, um, less activity, I guess you say. You know, if you're gonna, if you're going to jump out of your rig and go walk 10 miles and nonstop all day long, your body will generate enough heat. Or if you, even if you have an insulated pair of mountaineering boots, you'll probably be okay. But when you know, you know, you've hunted North Idaho late, or when you stop for an hour, it doesn't take long for your feet to start getting cold. Well, yeah. thinsulates don't hold heat that well. They, they are, they're a decent insulator, but the moment you stop, the heat dissipates out fairly quick in thinsulate. And thinsulate is the material itself on the inside, right? That's that the liner. Kind That's of the thing? insulation. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. 
So when we build a pack boot, they just have a little more uh, combination of thin slate, wool, some cambrel, some layering systems that are built into the liner. It's just like layering clothes. You know, it's like when you layer clothes, that's a great insulator because you're using different fabrics, different materials, different layers. And each one does something a little different. A little bit so different. Yeah, some yeah. wick, some heat, some, you know, keep heat in. And there's different things that go into these liners. Yeah, that and makes so, sense. Yeah, so that's kind of the difference, and that would that would be the the purpose of a pack boot. I think is more that late season, um, you know, just when it's Set colder. Set in a tree stand, maybe a ground blind kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, or, yeah. or you know, you can definitely walk in them, but something I wouldn't go walk ten miles in. No, but yeah. it's something I'm going to walk in a mile and I'm going to sit for a couple hours. Yeah, they're, they're nice for that. Okay, nope, that's that is good info right there because and and I'm probably showing you how how little I know about boots. I've always just went and grabbed a pair that looked good and and it was by dumb luck I came across my first Hoffman pair yeah. of boots, you know, and they were those explorers and man, I just like I used to I, I was in the Marines, right? And right. I'd buy these they, we called them jungle boots. Mm-hmm. And they're just they're not a, a well-made boot or anything. No. So, um by the time I left Iraq, for example, there was not much more on the sole of my boot than it was like wearing two pairs of socks. When I had my socks and those boots on, and these were like desert-colored uh, jungle boots. Right. We had worn the soles off of those boots uh, in six weeks, I yeah. want to say. Yeah. There was nothing left. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like every uh-huh. you felt every rock, everything else. So I think that something that came out of that for me is I, I didn't want to feel – like I was um, a sissy by wearing boots out or or worrying too much about footwear and gear, you know. And I'm, and I've got I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Um, and so I never paid a lot of attention to like quality boots, and and I never really knew the difference. Then I got a pair of quality boots, and what I think people that have never had a pair of quality boots don't realize is. The effectiveness of how far you can go into the backcountry, how much warmer your feet could stay, how much more protected your feet can be. I have a picture on my Facebook page of I was in Iraq or uh, uh, Africa, in, in, again in the Marines, and I had worn the bottoms of my feet off to the point where I have these big holes in my feet all over the place, right? And they made me uh, I was like on light duty for a few days. That. That came out of these these crappy boots, and if I'd have had a pair of Hoffman Explorers back then, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> it would have been it would have been like a, a totally different yeah. world, you know, and in, in our capability. And so, um, the the point is is if you're listening to this and and you've never had a decent pair of boots that that you spent a little bit more money on, because really that's going to be the cheapest way to go over the, the life of those boots, right? Right. right. If you've never had those, you need to invest in some because yeah. it makes a world of difference. You'll go further. You'll pack meat out better. You will be more motivated to go further over the next ridge. Where if you're if you're after a big mule deer, you know they're all, they're always over the next ridge, right? Right. And right, right. and just uh, and I'm going on and on here, but I just wanted to make that point. I think it's important for people to understand that. Like you need to invest in good boots. I think that's the the one thing you never want to skimp on. Don't right. go cheap. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're, you know, like I say, if you're hunting and you're four or five hours into your day and you know you've got to go back at the end of the day and you're already, you know, your feet are hurting or yep. your legs are fatigued and whatnot. Or you've got blisters up on the yeah. balls of your feet yeah. or on the heels. You know, you know? It, it, you're cheating yourself, you know, because we only, you know, truthfully, most of us have 
two weeks out of the year that we get to enjoy what we love to do, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to have issues when I'm out there. You know, that's the last thing I want to do is worry about, gosh, you know, I got a blister or geez, my clothes are soaking wet or, you know, I want gear that performs. Me too. You know, so I can enjoy what I love to do and mm-hmm. I don't get much time to do it. So when I'm out there, it makes you really appreciate the products that, you know, you do have that are, that are working for you. So yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. I appreciate that. So now can you walk us through the process of how your boots are made for Hoffman? And, and again, we're kind of sticking to the, the, the hunting boots. Sure. Sure. And so, I want like industry secrets. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, the, Ex- the Explorer line really, uh, like I said, we partner with a company out of Italy. I wish I could, I could take all the credit for the manufacturing these, but we don't, we, you know, the design phase, things like that. Yes. But uh, when it comes time to putting these together, we work with this company that has the knowledge of being able to do what they do. And, and when I say that, this line of boots is new. This will be our sixth year with the Explorer line, so they're fairly new to us. Oh, I must have been like one of the first, yeah, the, the first version of those when yeah, I bought a pair. Yeah, probably pretty early. Yeah, now, gotcha. When people say, "Yeah, you guys are kind of new to the industry," yes, we are. But the company that we partner with, the company that's building hunting boots for us. They're one of the oldest. They started in uh, 1965, so they've got 55 years, third-generation family, and they've been building hunting boots for that long. That's mm-hmm. all they've done, and so I'm very, very confident in what they do. You know, I think not to not to you know be boastful or whatnot, but <laughs> I think they do it better. I, I'll put our boot against anybody's boot out there. Yeah, I would too. And uh, it's uh, they just do a fantastic job. And uh, it's it's just been really exciting to see the growth and the new products that are coming out and uh, yeah it's just been it's yeah. been a great ride and, and just getting the feedback that we have you know people that have had our competitors boots that have tried ours and like geez you know these are you know great you, you know, know and you know what I noticed on social media is um you, somebody will post something about gear whether it's packs or boots or, or right. hunting apparel you know whatever. But with boots, people are ruthless, right? Oh yeah. And and they'll just rip apart some of these boot companies. Right. And, and right. a lot of it is just they just don't know, you know, they've never. I don't know how people can judge a company when they've never actually tried the product, right. but that happens a lot. But you know what I notice is, I don't see any negative uh, comments about Hoffman yeah. boots. Well, like we, people we, don't have bad yeah. feedback. No, we get them. I mean, yeah, everybody's going to get them, but I don't. I, I think we do a good job. We don't get as many as I've read on other companies. Yeah. But yeah. You know, the thing with footwear is footwear will leave you with a lasting impression. If you go out there and you get a blister you, and you, your feet are killing you, you're, you're done. You know, mm-hmm. if I go out there with a, a coat and it leaks on me and it rains one day out of the five days or two days, I'm going to get over that. You're going to remember. But if yeah. I can't walk, that's going to be something that's gonna, you're yeah. going to remember. You you're know? going to remember and I think sure. that's a lot of footwear takes a lot of uh, more abuse, I guess you would say. And there's a lot of great companies. You know, there's, you know, the Kinetrex, the Sneeze, the Krispies. They're all mm-hmm. good products. You know, they're all, we all have good boots. You For just sure. got to find the boot that fits you the best, you know, and that's, that's the key. And that's where I like to have guys try ours on because I think that's where our shine is just the comfort of them. The comfort and, and the fit and, and, and the and relative easy break in process. You know, we've done some things to that boot to um, not to keep the support in the boot, but allow that boot to flex a little bit in that forefoot. So when you're walking, it doesn't feel like uh, you're walking on a two by four. You know, you so, should, oh, go ahead. No, finish up. So that brings up a really good question because I I put I put out there before we started recording on Facebook that uh, anybody with boot questions, you know, let's send them in. 
and I got a few of them about how to break in, whether it's a Hoffman boot or anything. Like, what is the proper way to break in a good hunting boot? Wear. Yeah. Just wear them? Just wear them. And one thing I really take pride in our boot is, and I... <laughs> This is a true story. Is when I first, when we first had our uh, Explorer boot um, developed and brought in, our first samples arrived here on October 9th. Mm-hmm. Our opening day is October 10th, <laughs> and I was bound to turn. I thought, well, you know what? I know better, but I'm going to wear these boots so anyway. So that was trial by trial fire. Trial by fire, yeah. first day, and I couldn't have been more impressed. No hot spots. I was. I mean, we hunt pretty hard, and I. I was, that's what really sold me on my product, you know, that, Hey, we, we did this right, you know, and, uh, there really isn't a lot. If you get a good fitting mountaineering boot, there's not going to be a lot of breaking because the boots not meant to flex like a normal boot would flex. Mm -hmm. You're going to have some, but with the, with the nylon midsoles, they build in these boots. It's made to hold your foot on a, on a fairly level platform. Okay. And the boot actually is built with a rocker in it. So as you step, you're going to feel that almost like someone's pushing you from behind. And that's the rocker system. As you step, the boot breaks and it, it almost propels you forward. Is that like in the sole or like in the heel it, or something? It, it goes from the heel to the sole or heel to the toe. I'm sorry. Oh, gotcha. It's a, it's, it almost looks like a footbed, but it's made out of nylon and it, you can hardly bend the thing. It's stiff as heck. But the way we do is we taper that midsole towards the front. So it actually gives the boot a little flex. And to me, that really helps when you get people talk about heel bite, you know, in the back of a boot. When you're going up a hill, you get pressure in the Achilles. Well, that's basically, you know, when you're going up a hill, your foot's going to flex, you know. But if your boot's not bending, your heel still wants to flex. And so your heel wants to pull up. And then that's how you get a hot spot in the back of your heels. and, And I'm famous for those. That heel wants to go up and down inside that boot, but the boot's not flexing. So we try to address that by putting a little bit of flex in the front of the boot, mm. keeping a little bit wider toe box in the boot. Because a lot of a lot of times I read on blogs and whatnot how people really want a boot that has some room in the toe box. So that's one thing we focused on was try to keep a little bit more uh, room in that toe, so you don't feel like you're cramped in the in, you know the forward part of the boot. But just little details. Yeah, yeah little things like that make a big that. difference. Yeah. yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. Uh, different types of boots for different things. Uh, well, l- let me go back. Let me go back. Let me back up here. Because uh, the question is, is like, how do, how do you break in a new pair of boots? So, yeah, and you just said basically wear them. Yeah. Can we can we expand on that a little bit? Sure. Like when you say just wear them, do you mean wear? I'll tell you what I do. So you, you see the property here. <laughs> I've got a trail that goes all the way around. And I've said this. Everybody probably rolls their eyes when I say this on the podcast. But... Um, I hike it a lot, three times around is a mile, and that's kind of how I track what I'm doing, right? And and that's how I've always broke my boots in. But there's no hills, there's no, you know, right. It's right. No, there's no descent, right. and, yeah. and so yeah. if I, does that matter? No, it, it, and I should have expanded on that a little bit. So typically, I would tell a guy, hey, if you get a if you get a pair of boots, yeah, you want to wear them before. Don't do what I do, you know. Don't, yeah. don't wear them the day before. Yeah, don't show yeah, up. Get yeah. out. Do out, do some hiking in them before hunt season. You know, wear them a few times so you're you're accustomed to how they feel, especially if you haven't worn a mountaineering boot before, because it's it's completely different than anything you're going to buy, you know, around the U.S. If you haven't worn a mountaineering boot, the the um, support the uh, you know, just to feel that boot is going to be different. So, mm-hmm. so you need to get, you know, get a, a hands on what that, that's going to feel like. 
Um, I've had guys say, well, I'll fill them full of water, and then I'll, I'll once the leather's wet, I'll wear them that way. No, don't do that. Uh, just just wear them, you know. And, and a lot of times, I'll tell you know we sell a lot of these boots into the industry use too. And I always tell guys, hey, you know, the first few times you wear them, bring a second pair of boots, wear them three or four hours, get them off your feet. I don't care if they're hurting your feet or not. Just do it a few hours, get them off your feet. You don't want to develop a hot spot or a blister or anything like that. Very rarely do I ever hear anybody say they have a blister in our boots. It's just it's really been nice not to have that. Some of our work boots that are. Uh, you know, you're, you, when you're building a boot with eight, uh, you know, 16 ounces of leather, mm-hmm. you're going to get a hot spot here and there because that leather has to break in. But these, there really isn't uh, that break-in <clears throat> process. But it, it never hurts to get out and wear them a few hours, take them off, repeat that a couple, three times, and you really should be good. So to go. you don't have the opinion that you need to walk like 50 miles in them before they're broken. No. Then there are some companies I know it out there say, yeah, you got to wear, I think it's wear them 50 or 80 miles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something crazy. That's that's based off that nylon midsole. And that's what I've been kind, gotcha. of, kind of saying. That midsole, if you have a you know a seven, seven iron nylon midsole that runs from the toe to the heel, that's super stiff. And I'm going to tell you a little story on that, too, just, just so we get to that. So yeah. one of our competitors uses that. We all use nylon midsoles. They're all built that way. And they really advertised the heck out of that. So when I went to this company, I, I basically said, this is what I want. I want this nylon midsole, that's seven, seven iron from toe to heelness. And the guy looked at me and says, no, you don't. And I said, oh, yeah, I do. You know, it's my boot, you know. <laughs> and he, so he, he, he went over this one over with me. And he goes, well, I'll build you a pair. So he built me a pair. And I wore that pair. And I didn't like that pair. It just... I was getting the same thing I was getting out of a pair of, of Mendels that I once had was a, a hot spot in the back of my heel. He built me another pair of boots. He said, this is the way I would build these boots. It made all the difference in the world. And I that had the little flex thing. It has, it tapers from a, a seven in the heel area to the ball of the foot. Gotcha. And then we taper that down to a five, basically to give that flex point right at the ball of the foot forward so your boot actually can flex a little bit. You still have plenty of support in the thing. I mean, you try to bend these, they still feel like they're really stiff. But as you walk, it gives you just enough breakage in that boot where it takes that it takes that uh, heel wanting to pull up in the mm-hmm. boot, takes that away. So Yeah, because I've always gotten those. And I just kind of came to the conclusion that, um, you know, when you're hunting elk and you're, you're going into the backcountry and, and you're putting in a lot of miles, you know, I've always kind of said doesn't matter how good your boots are you're going to get some blisters you're going to get some hot spots here and there mm-hmm. uh the explorers did extremely well mm-hmm. and and i never really i didn't i don't remember ever having those problems until i wore uh, them uh, you know I, the sole was fine i should have probably just had you guys fix them or something but mm-hmm. i ended up throwing them away but you know what i liked about them and I, i've got a question about this is that the ankle support was really good but i felt like the traction and i'm always worried about traction right I felt like I could walk almost straight up and down these hills. Like right. it, it would just right. glue your foot, right. your foot to the mountain, and I loved that. Yep. I, I bought those cheap ones over there when those blew out last year, and these are brand new, right? Going up, in, and it was it was September, and those are brand new, and I still feel like my old uh, explorers tracked the mountain a lot better i had yeah. better traction yeah. than the brand new ones and yeah. i'm not going to name the name over there but yeah and that that all under armor oh yeah who, who <laughs> said that did you hear that <laughs> that all that all comes down to compounds <laughs> in the rubber so yeah. you know when we when we had this line made i i really wanted to get our name on the sole of the boot you know 
and Vibram will not do that. You know, Vibram won't do that for us. So we looked elsewhere, and other companies, you know, will have their name, and, and other companies have done that. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, when it comes down to it, I want the best boot out there, and I know Vibram has the best compounds out there. And the, the sole we use on the Explorer is Vibram's number one selling hunting boot that they manufacture. So the number one selling sole that they use on, on for hunting boots. So let me let me just clarify: Vibram makes the sole. Right. And then you put the rest of the boot together? Is that how that works? Well, the company in Italy, what we work with on our hunting boots, we, we basically uh, as- assemble the boot in Italy. But the compounds or the components of the boot, Vibram has Vibram builds the outsole of that. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. that so, makes more sense. So Vibram is the company. If you if you look at any true work boot in the U.S., you're going to see Vibram sole. Yeah, I, I, have, big I have two label. or three yeah. pair of boots with yeah. that on it. Yeah, yeah. Vibram work build, boots. Yeah, we, and we use a ton of Vibram soles in our factory. You know, when we build other types of boots. But um, compound-wise, you know, we've experimented with other companies, and compound-wise, wear-wise, grip-wise, they're the best, you know. And so, to me, it was more important to put that aspect into the boot than having a name on the sole. So, we we stayed with Vibram at that point. You haven't been able to convince them otherwise yet, huh? No, uh, (laughs) not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's coming. You want me to call yeah, sure. I can be pretty convincing, <laughs> I think. There you go. <laughs> okay, so... Guys, I want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about who makes this show possible. Scree, Extreme Mountain Gear. This is high-performance hunting attire and gear, scientifically tested camo patterns, and it's all backed by a great company that I wouldn't recommend to you if I didn't truly believe in it. The name Scree kind of has a, an origin out of the Scree rock. They changed the spelling on it, but that rock found at the bottom of rock faces and cliffs, particularly in high elevations, real rugged type kind of country. Uh, I've been using Scree for uh, all spring for, for barren turkey, and I'm really impressed with it. I had the founder on a few episodes back, and he said something that really struck me. He wanted to produce high-performance hunting gear, but at a responsible price. It's a real interesting term. And it's true. Everybody knows you can drop a small fortune on name brand hunting attire. But with Scree, you get the name brand, you get high performance hunting gear, a lifetime warranty, VIP sizing guarantee, which it doesn't cost you anything to exchange the gear if it comes in the wrong size, and very effective concealment patterns, all without breaking the bank. I really like the bundle options, especially the Elite Starter Bundle. It's like a really good deal, perfect for September and October hunts all over the American West. Uh, You should check it out. It's a great way to get started in the gear and and begin with your layering systems. Uh, Scree offers a complete layering system for all terrains and all conditions. And it's it's just a great deal, especially, again, that that Elite Starter Bundle. Oh, and if you use the promo code THEWESTERNHUNTSMAN at checkout, you'll get 15% off and free shipping. That's a big deal. Great gear great company it's a great story it's a whole package check it out the link is in the show notes guys phelps game calls one thing i love about the companies born out of hunting is their story the american success story that walks us through how something started small and grew into something spectacular phelps game calls is quintessential to this jason phelps started making calls as a hobby in 2009 wanting to make a more realistic sounding right now 11 years later Phelps is one of the premier hunting call companies on the planet, and for good reason. It's a great story, and Phelps is just filled, it's one of those companies that is just filled with excellent, first-class, salt-of-the-earth kind of people. I've been calling elk with uh, with Phelps for a long time. 
uh, and long enough to know that it's an effective, realistic, it's a durable and easy to use call. I gave my teenager a Phelps Reed last summer to learn on uh, before September, you know, and like a month later, she was bugling bowls in with me. It's the same exact read I use as an advanced caller, so they're great for beginners and advanced callers as well. So I'm a huge fan of the Phelps game, uh, elk calls, but I also use their predator calls. The fawn in distress call has been my go-to for bears this spring. I also called in a few turkeys with the black bat turkey read. They also have waterfowl calls, and they're coming out with some new deer calls. Hit up the website and check it out. The link's in the show notes. And if you find something you like, use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Whether you're just getting started or have expert-level calling skills, check them out. Phelps, get them close. Uh, let's talk about some different types of boots for different things. And what I mean by that is, uh, well, let's jump back on on what we're going to stick with the Hoffman hunting line here. Okay. Um, kind of walk us through what your opinion is uh, between different types of boots, sure. when, like season seasonally. When does yeah. when do you go from like a regular explorer, which is what I had, to an insulated explorer, for yeah. example? And a lot of that depends on the individual. I have guys that wear individual or uh, individual yeah, insulated boots all year long. Um, to me, I take, I take, I have both of those pairs, uh, the eight inch uninsulated, the eight inch insulated, and I also have a six inch Explorer. Um, can I interrupt right there? Yeah. What do you like better? The six inch or the eight inch? You know, that's, it's been kind of a funny, almost a little funny journey on that boot. I was an eight to a 10 inch uh, boot guy forever. And I started in with that six inch Explorer just because I wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of turkey hunting in the spring. I'll do some uh, uh, bear baiting and whatnot. And uh, it, for that type of, you know, when you got, start getting into May and June and, and things like that, I kind of like the way that six inch boot felt. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to try these. And uh, do your socks get wet when you wear, and you're not wearing gaiters or anything? No, I, I usually wear my waterproof pants that go over far enough where gotcha. I don't. Gotcha. But, uh, to be honest with you, I bet I wear those six boot or six inch boots probably 80% of the time. Not not only just hunting, I wear them meantime. I, I do a lot of backpacking, I do a lot of outdoor stuff, I do a lot of work outside, and even shows. Just standing on concrete all day, um, I'm in those six inch boots a lot. Do you do you feel like you lose any support? You do some. You do some in the. The ankle in the ankle, but the the boot is actually stable enough. It's built with that same platform, that nylon platform, that you don't get a lot of twists in that boot. So even though I'm up, you know, like I say, I do a lot of backpacking and things like that, and you know, I I feel plenty safe in them. You know, I don't feel like I'm I'm compromising. I guess wasn't that you that posted a picture on I think Facebook? Uh, You're backpacking and up up with those. Uh, Goats? Yeah, the goats. Yeah. Like that, you were almost, you could have reached out and yeah. gave one a kiss kind of well, thing. Yeah, I had to actually push the thing things away a couple times. It made me a little <laughs> nervous there. That was, that was up at Scotchman's Peak. So that was the tallest peak in Idaho that we were at. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, just up above Sandpoint, Idaho. And uh, yeah, that's that's the boot we had on right there. My partner Sweet. and I both did. And we, uh, we that's were, the highest peak in Idaho? That's the highest peak in Idaho. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I feel dumber than, yeah. well, I, I better watch my mouth. Great hike, I'll tell you. Damn, I feel Long st- hike, I but st- a good one. I seriously feel stupid as hell. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was the tallest peak in Idaho, yeah. and I've been up there. You've been up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good hike. Huh. But, uh, and so, so, you know, kind of getting back to your question there, the eight inches are most popular height by far, and then we do an eight inch insulated also. 
Um, we have a couple new boots that we're working on right now. Uh, we brought out the 10-inch version of that boot called the 10-inch Hunter last year. And we actually, one thing we have had requests on for guys that do hunt these late season for a little bit more insulated boots. So we have a new 10-inch 800-gram um, Thensulate boot coming out. Uh, hopefully by this fall we should have it. This COVID thing's kind of knocked things uh, a little out of whack. But uh, uh, that boot is coming out. And then we also have a boot for the early season guys coming out. We'll have a 6-inch and an 8-inch with a more breathable type fabrics on it that'll uh, still have the nylon midsole, still have the rubber rands, but uh, a little bit more of a Cordero fabrics up on the upper of the boot for breathability. And that's something we're working on now too. So Okay, so let me ask you this this one then. Uh, let's say some a guy was to buy this 8-inch Hoffman, right? Mm-hmm. Or 8-inch Explorer. Um, and it's not insulated, but then going into the late season, is there a way to layer socks, or do you recommend just getting two pair of boots and getting the insulated? You know, you can layer socks. The the issue, you know, depending on how much sock you go to, obviously if you go too much sock, you're going to alter the fit of the boot. It doesn't take yeah, much extra salt, sock true. to alter the, alter Super the true. fit. I always ask the guy how, how active they are, you know, and if most of the guys that are buying this type of boot, I shouldn't say most of them, but a large percentage of them anyway, are guys that are pretty active, pretty avid hunters, you know, mm-hmm. guys that are going to spend money on gear and, and they want the best out there. Um, they're pretty active guys. They're not buying these to sit in a tree stand. You know, these are boots for guys that are going to put some miles on them. And when you, when you have a nice, I always wear a mid-weight merino wool type sock with that Age Explorer. And I usually, that boot's my go-to boot for hunting season. You know, if it gets really cold, I'll put the insulateds on. But typically, as long as I'm active and I'm going, which typically most of the day I'm walking, you know, I'm moving. I, I, I can't stand to sit. sit you I know, can't it either, It drives man. me nuts. I, I have friends that sit in tree stands and stuff. Oh. I, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Unless I have a kid with me, then I, I just like to go. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that boot does me real well. So I always tell guys, you know, you know, get a get a good medium weight wool sock on with some merino wool, you know, and uh, and uh, fit it that way because time you put a second pair of socks on, you're gonna you're gonna be pretty tight in that boot. You're gonna change the fit of it. And I don't like to if you fit it with two pair of socks and then you take a pair off, then the boot's a little loose on you. So it's kind of like, you know, you want to dial in your socks, what you're going to be wearing when you try these boots on. Don't try them on with a lightweight pair of cotton socks and then come hunting season, you throw a heavy wool sock on. That fit yeah. will definitely change. So, so no fruit of the loom. No, yeah. you want to dial in your socks <laughs> when you're, when you're uh, you know, when you're trying these on. So yeah, I, I think, uh, I have a problem with that part. I, I struggle with the, the sock part and deciding how, how to layer those. And, right. and, right. and I think everybody's different with that, too. Like, yep. uh, you know, circulation, I think, has a lot to do with whether or not your feet get cold. Right. Because my feet are super hot all the time. I'm always sweating. But if I sit still, well, I'll freeze. My, yep. my, yep. my feet will freeze. Yep. You know what I mean? It doesn't take long once, so, you, once you sit. So Okay. Cool. Good deal. We're just uh, rolling right through these here. I, I, I think this is a really important part, and, and the next two kind of going together, the maintaining of boots and, like, the lifespan of boots. Right. Uh, and obviously, if you don't do any kind of maintenance on your boots, your lifespan is going to be significantly significantly reduced. Um, what does maintenance look like on a good yeah. pair of boots? Yeah. So maintenance for me, now this, of course, depends how much you wear, wear the boots during the year. You know, I'm... 
I wish I could say I get to wear mine more, but for hunting, I have my hunting boots, then I have my, like my hiking boots that I use a lot. But my hunting, my eight inch explorers, they're, they have a purpose and that's hunting season and I, that's, exactly. it, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't use them for anything else. So I always, you know, basically beginning a hunting season, I will treat them with our preservative, which is, you know, I'm not because we don't make it there. It's, it's made by open offs. You know, that's who bills our preservative for I think us. all book companies do that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. rebranding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And open office is used by quite a few of the companies out there. It yeah. all says their name on it. That's and the thing I like about that product is there's there's no petroleums in it. So when you get to a product that has a petroleum base, you really have to be careful around waterproof booties because that's that can basically dissolve that booty quicker than it should be and then you end up with a boot that leaks. So and you kinda what, kinda be careful what you put on. What did you call that stuff? The the preservative? Yeah. It's it's built by Obanoffs. Okay. And it's actually an Idaho company also, but very well you known guys out just, there. You guys yeah. take that, and it's it's on – I saw it on your website somewhere. Yeah. What, the question I have with that is where you, you're putting it on – I'm looking at the 80-inch Hoffman Explorer on the website, mm-hmm. and you've got like the, the brown part. Yeah, anywhere there's leather. Yeah. Okay, so, so anywhere there's leather, yep. that's what you're treating. Yep, you don't need to put it on the rubber rand. That's the, the – the, black strip that goes strip around, around the bottom. There. That's the protective strip. They call that a rand. Um, it's a pretty slick little thing your website does when you put the yeah. cursor over that. Yeah. Look at that. So huh. the the biggest thing with these boots, and, I, and as I say these boots, I'm talking mountaineering boots in general, be it a Hoffman's or a Crispy or a Kinetrek or Sneeze or any of these boots that have rands on them, the number one enemy on these boots is going to be heat. So, guys, at the end of the day, you want to sit around a campfire, you want to put your feet up, um, you're going to have issues. You know, chances are, because all of these types of boots are built with what they call a heat glue. It's a process where they actually will glue the components together, flash heat them, and put them together, and that the bond on them is incredible. But they can be reactivated at a certain temperature. It kind of comes apart. Yeah, well, they can loosen up. And so I've worked on many boots from, you know, Lots of different companies that you see that come back and say, hey, can you fix this? You know, this is happening. And you can tell pretty simple what, what, what's happened. They to sat them. around a campfire. Yeah. They just put See, and I've, I've been guilty of that. So that brings up another question. When um, Here's what I do. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. I, I always like to kind of put it in that way. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's September. I'm mm-hmm. going, I, and I, I'll plan to go anywhere from a mile to 10 miles in a day. Okay. And, and generally, I'm... Uh, you know, I've I've gone further in the past, but generally where I'm hunting, five mile day to seven mile day, that's going to be your average, mm-hmm. right? And so what I do is I leave the house here, and I'll I'll go to the go to my spot, and but I'm wearing flip flops in the truck, and then once I get there and start going in, that's when I'm putting my boots on, and uh, and then when I get back to the truck, they immediately come off, and I'm putting flip flops on, and I do that for the sake of I don't want my feet getting hot from the truck heater when I'm on my way up there. Can you talk about that kind of stuff and, and what, like a best practice? Yeah. Um, I think everybody has their own little practice. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm kind of guy where I, when I, you know, we keep everything, our hunting camp, everything stays out of the house. You know, it stays in a little, uh, shed type thing, I guess you'd call it that, you know, keeping a sense of foods and things like that off our clothing. So sure. everything's hung up outside, uh, 
you know, go out in the morning, dress up, put boots on, and we go from there. And it's just kind of a practice. It kind of depends on the situation that I think that a person's in. Some people are in wall tents and whatnot. But what do you go uh, from? You go from your house? Is that what you said? Or uh, a you little go? cabin. Yeah. Oh, you got Yeah, my buddy owns a cabin that we hunt out of, and it's uh, – it, what are the coordinates <clears throat> to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's a, from there. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's about a close to a ten mile ATV ride, and then mm-hmm. from there we start hiking from there. And, and so, so you're wearing the boots on the ATV ride. Yep. Okay. Yep, gotcha. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. It's just once you get up there, it's just everyone's ready to go, you know, (laughs) sitting around putting boots on or changing clothes or whatnot. I'm always doing this thing where I'm, I'm either going from the, I'm hunting from the house. Right. Cause I, I mean, you, you know where we're at. I'm right Right. next. I am four minutes up into the, the quarter lanes. Sure. Right. And so if that's where I'm hunting, um, I just usually go to go from the house, but sometimes we'll pull the trader out and and go up and, and spend, Depends on, you know, what kind of mood my wife's in that September. I'll, I'll, I'll pull her up, and we'll go seven to ten days up on, you know, camped. And, right, And right. so, which I like. Um, but in that case, uh, oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. So getting back to camp, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't want to sit around the campfire with them. Uh, we were talking about what the heat does. But sometimes I get back, and the boots are a little wet, and they're damp. My, I've been mm-hmm. sweating in them all day. I'll right. put them in the trailer against my heater vent while the heater's running. Is right. that okay, or, or yeah. what do you recommend there? Yeah, because that's not going to get as hot, you know. It's and and basically, if you're especially if you're blowing air into the boot, you know, um, kind of like a boot dryer, those are fine. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, okay. I'm talking when you get up to that. Uh, typically, most glues are going to reactivate about 135 to 165 degrees. That's, oh, that's the gotcha. flash point on most okay. of those glues. So, like on a backpacking trip, if you light a fire at night. And you're in the back country and just running out of your pack, which I've I, I've done that too, where I uh-huh. will dry them by the fire. Yeah, uh, not a good idea. Not a maybe good idea. maybe hold them back a little bit yeah, to dry keep them. them back a little bit. You know, a lot of guys want to get them real close. And like I say, it's it's any of these mountaineering boots because that's the way. Anytime you see a ran, that's how they're put on. You know, they're put on with heat glue. So it's okay. not a it's not a Hoffman problem. It's not a crispy problem or Kinetrick problem. It's just it's, a boot problem. It, it's just the way the boots are constructed. Okay. So it's just something I always try to preach to guys because I've seen all brands and I've fixed all brands and it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's not a we don't see a ton of it, but it's just something I always like to let you know guys know out there that. That, that's other than that, these boots are, you know, they're pretty, pretty indestructible. I want to go back to the treating the leather real mm-hmm. quick. Yep. How often do you recommend doing that? You know, it depends on where, how much they're wearing. It the, what dries the leather out is that wet dry process. So your boots get wet, they dry out. They get wet, they dry. Every time that does that, that's that's hard on the the leather itself will actually pull oils out every time you do that. So, oh, gotcha. Okay. So I and this is thing I always do is kind of feel the leather. So you can feel when leather starts getting dry, it almost gets a little chafing like feel to it. Yeah. And when you feel that, that's the that's the leather saying, you know, give me some oil, you know, and so Okay, so uh, the, you could feel that like it's it's almost not sandpaperish, but it, it almost yeah. like it's gonna f- start flaking just, a little it just bit. Feels like, drier. like it's got dandruff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then before <laughs> you put your boots away for the year, you know, I always say goes, don't don't cake it on. You don't need a ton of it on there. But just put a good coat on there, wipe it off, you know, and, and just put your boots away. And by next year, you know, before you start the season, do it again. And okay. I, just, I do them twice a year, you know. But I'm not if I'm if I'm in one of my work boots, you know, like with Explorer boot, we build for the utility industry too. We build it with a 
different soul component mm-hmm. on there for electricity use and things like that, but the upper's the same. You know, then I'm telling guys, you know, every couple months, you know, if you're in them, put something on them, you know. Gotcha. So cool. It just depends on use. You know, some guys yeah. are using them year round. You know, some guys use them for hunting season. So. But it sounds like just kind of a common sense thing. They right. Start drying out. Start, yeah. You know, getting and you, the, and you could tell. Yeah. yeah. You, you tell and feel it. Yeah. yeah. I used to do that. Like like a, a horse saddle is the same thing. You, mm-hmm. you can tell when it needs treat. Right. You know, treated. And, right. Yeah. And, there's anyway, there's so. no magic days or anything like that. But it's I. I you know, of course, I'm, I've been around this since I was, you know, 13 years old. Yeah, you're like, so, you're like so probably I, the, the, the most expert of boot yeah, experts yeah, I've yeah. ever talked to. Yeah, so, so I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah. Let's uh, let's shift gears here into the Facebook questions that the listeners have set in or uh, sent in. And I need to pull them up on my phone. You good with that? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. So I posted something on the on the Facebook page. And everybody, because uh, like we were talking earlier, um, the the boots are a hot topic. So uh, we've got a lot of questions from them. If uh, my internet is going to, I've got the North Idaho internet. Oops. There we go. Okay. All right. We're going to start with some of these ones on hunting the, uh, by, we've got a Facebook page called Hunting the West dash the Western Huntsman. So if you're listening to this and you're not on that, that group, this is a, a group with a lot of great information. So, Okay. I've got one question. Nate Stevens, he asks, uh, what boots last longer than one year? I love running Solomon, but only get a year out of them. That's going to be a pretty obvious one, right? Yeah, well. Hoffman, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, like I said, there's a lot of good boots out there. And, and, and the, the boots that cost money. And, and the, the boot you have is actually not a bad brand boot. Um, you know, it all. a lot of it does come down to... Um, you know, how the boot is taken care of over it, too. You know, make sure you're dressing, you know, keeping your dressings up on your boot, making sure that, you know, keeping boots away from heat, things like that. Um, you know, I would sure like to think you're going to get more of a year out of our boots, but, you know, I, I've dealt with you customers know, that. What, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Say, I cut you I've, off. I've, I've dealt with customers like in our logging industry that, you know, I've got boots that'll last guys five, six years. They're working with a guy who has the same boot that lasts a year and a half, you know, and it's like, well, what are you doing different than the guy you're working with? And, and, and that's very true. I, I work with a lot of these timber crews. Most of them, you know, you'll get a lot of years out of a boot and you'll get the next guy in line. And he's like, you know, they got the same boot I do, but it didn't last it, you know. And so it does make you I wonder on an individual basis. Obviously, everybody walks a little bit different, sure. right? Like, yep. like my dad walks with his like toes pointing pointed out like a duck kind of sometimes. Right. right. And I think that's going to wear differently than the way yeah. I duck or duck, <laughs> the way I walk with my toes kind of right. pointed forward. And also, if you take into consideration somebody that wears like a size 10 boot that is 160 pounds, and versus somebody that wears a size 10 that weighs 210 pounds. For sure. I, I, and I'm just throwing that out so, there. Am I right? Or you're is right. That, yeah. Yep. The more pounding, you know, the body weight definitely. Uh, you know, you get guys that are bigger and heavier and whatnot. Yeah, they're going to beat up a boot faster, typically. And then with yeah, and with that question, uh, what what boots last longer than a year? I think that's tough to answer because I think that some people go and use their boots, their their high end hunting boots that they spend a lot of money on. All year and round. They, yeah, yeah. And, and they, yeah, and they use them all year round versus somebody who uses yeah. them for two weeks. No, and we we do we do find that a lot where guys that will buy these Explorer boots for hunting, and I don't know how many times I've had guys come up to you and say, you know what, I bought them for hunting boots, but 
you know, they're so dang comfortable. I want to wear them year round. Mm -hmm. And and that's true with a lot of these mountaineering boots. They're just comfortable boots. And so you get them on your feet and you're like, well, heck, I don't want to go back to these other things. And so they wear them uh, a year, you know, or two years or whatnot, nonstop. And that's going to wear a boot out faster. Now, if you're using them just as a hunting boot, obviously, you know, if I was only getting a year out of a boot that I was using just in those seasons, I would be pretty disappointed. But you know, yeah. if you're in yeah. 365 days a year, and the way I look at it too is, you know, if I if I'm if I'm in a boot, and like I said, I've got buddies that are linemen that are good friends of mine that wear my boots, and they wear them every day. I mean, even on days it's off, like their day to day. that's how I am with cowboy boots. Yeah, that's you know? just their boot. Yeah, and if they get a year and a half or two years out of a boot. You know, for a $400 boot, you're going, okay, now, is that worth it? Well, you start figuring that out. To have the comfort, the support, and everything you need, and you spent, say, they're not 400 or less than that, but I'm just giving an easy number. Yeah, yeah, boots, yeah, for sure. And you just wore your boots, you know. Almost, 730 days. Right, something like that. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking 50 cents a day to have the comfort, the support, the safety, everything that goes with these boots. And a lot of guys get more time than that. But I'm talking mm-hmm. like worst case scenario, you get that time frame out of them. I always try to look at things like, you know, if I'm in my boots eight hours a day and I'm in my boots 365 days out of a year, um, what does that come down to per day? Is it worth that for me to spend that much on my comfort, my support, longevity of my uh, my health even? I mean, yeah. Boots, yeah. boots, you know, people don't realize having the wrong pair of boots and people have back issues or knee issues or things like that, that all starts with your feet. You know, there's nothing more. It comes, everything radiates from your feet up to yeah, your knees sure. to your hips to everything. And so to get the right footwear on you is so important, you know? Yeah. And, and when you're talking, you know, the lifespan of boots and, you know, that's, it's, it's a hard question to answer for sure. That is a tough question, but, man. Totally you know, a tough but, question. Um, I would like to see him give them a try because I've, I, I, I'm, not going to guarantee, but I'm pretty darn confident he's yeah, going to get more no, of he, he needs to give him a try. Nate's a, I, I, he's he's like a big time hunter. He he really, he really puts him to the mountains. So great. Uh, yeah. All right, Kevin asks, um, Kevin Bonds, if I wear a size 12, should I go up to, should I go up half size to give my feet room to not get pounded? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, I do a lot of fitting in these boots. I do, you know, I, that's one thing I, I, you know, yeah, I own the, I own the company, but I love to go out to these hunting shows and talk to people and get ideas and, and, and fit people in boots and just kind of get away from the business to, to interact with people and get an idea, you know, what guys want, how these boots fit in comparison to other brands and whatnot. One thing I found on these Explorer boots is if you've worn some of the competitions, boots and whatnot, a lot of guys bump up a half a size. And that's just, I think the boots run maybe a little on the small size. If you're teetering between yeah. sizes, like a 10, I wear 10s and some things, 10 and a half and some things. I always tell guys, go to that larger size. See, I'd have to go to an 11 Yeah, so I think. So, yeah, I mean, one thing with our stuff too, you know, if you order a pair of boots and get them, you know, just try them on indoors. Make sure they fit. You know, if they don't, we're easy to work with. We'll exchange them out for you. We'll pay the shipping back to you. You know, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it figured out. Because, uh, you know, mail order business is always a tough business, you know, because mm-hmm. you're not there to try them on every I wish we could, but we can't, you know. But we're pretty good on figuring out what size a guy needs to get. And, and a lot of times I'll tell guys, hey, they run just a little bit small, you know. So 
if you're questioning that, oh, should I get a 10 or a 10 and a half type thing, go to that bigger size typically. Yeah, that's what I would do for um, sure. And, and and one thing on the last question there, you said a size 12. We do carry size 12 and a halfs now, which is very uncommon, but we do do a half size Oh, really? At 12 now. So we've had enough calls between. Usually a size will jump from, you know, 11 and a half, 12, then to a 13. Where yeah. We, we, do, we do have size 12 and a half now. So, so you, is that, do you have half sizes in all sizes or just, just that 12? Yeah, we go half sizes from 7 all the way through oh, 13. Oh, gotcha, now. gotcha. So I was under the impression you didn't do half sizes. No, not in not in winter packs, but in all of our Explorer boots, that all kind of All the Explorers, yeah. okay, yeah. that makes so sense. Typically, the half sizes would end at a, at 11 and a half, but... All right, we're going to keep rolling here. Uh, Andrew Tucker, it says here he is a top fan on the Western Huntsman page, which he damn well should be because he's my cousin. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) He says, oh, actually, we already answered this. How long do you need to wear boots to properly break them in? Okay, we we actually talked uh, about that one already. Yeah. So, Andrew, uh, back back the show up a little bit. Um, Rudy, Rudy Nunez, he was on the show. couple weeks ago with Tacticam, I learned the expensive way that your value boots by big box name brands don't cut repetitive hard mountain. Oh, don't cut it. Repetitive hard mountain or Western hunting. I've ran a hundred to $200 red wings under armors and especially the Irish setter vapor treks. I don't, I've never even heard of that one. Um, must be an Arizona thing. Yeah. Okay. Now often blew them out in, in one seasoner. Uh, in one season or one year. I'm on my third season with my lowest summer boots, and the, the sole still almost looks like new, and they're holding up excellent. I'm currently in the market for an insulated boot, and I'm looking at crispies. Point is, you can cut corners on some gear, but good boots in hard terrain is not where you want to go cheap. What are your thoughts? That was a long question. That's a long question, but it's a great question. And yeah, the, yeah. The, the thing I... You know, I'm not into band bra- uh, brand bashing at all, but I think when you look at um, mentioning like the Red Wings and things like that, I, I mentioned earlier that the boots are just built different than what we build in America or in, in a lot of these cases that are outsourced into China and things like that. Just look at the labels on the boots and you'll kind of get an idea. The best footwear is going to come from Germany and Italy, the mountaineering style boots. You know, for those types of boots... For what us hunters have come to expect and, and want out of performance, that's where you have to look at. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the Loa brand. You know, again, another another high quality boot, a German built boot. Um, when you start talking some of these other brands, um, most of that stuff anymore, unfortunately, is being outsourced, and the components that are used are just not the quality components you're going to find. And it's a simple fact. They're just not the quality components you're going to find in some of these other brands, like the Hoffman brand or yeah. the Crispy brand or the, you know, some Can't of these other Lowe's. Kind of thing. Or, yep, Lowe's. They're just better boots. And I think that's what he's referring to as far as, you know, it's, it's worth spending the money on. And, yeah, I, I I guess I'll just leave it at that. No, so. I, I think I think he he was making a point and we verified it. Yeah, you, you know that's much. that's kind of I, I, and that was a good question, uh, Rudy. Good job there. Um, I'm trying to. So I have a hard time. Why is it not showing all the comments? All comments. Okay, there we go. Now we're cooking with fire. 
Dennis asks, uh, how about some affordable options? Most guys I know can't afford a half a week's wages on boots. I, be- I better start screening some of these questions. No, that's a great question. <laughs> and, you know, I wish I had a better answer for him, uh, Dennis, but quality cost. I mean, that's I think that's true in your clothing. That's true in a vehicle you drive. It's true in your house. It's, it's true in anything. You know, if you want the best, you're going to pay a little bit more for that product. And mm-hmm. I wish I could, believe me, I, I'm probably more price conscious than anybody. You look at, you look at, uh, you know, again, I don't like to bring up names and things like that, but if you bring up, uh, bring up a Kenetrek boot and bring up our boot, look at the price difference of the two. Very comparable boots. But you're going to find our boots are going to run fifty to eighty dollars cheaper than, and then uh, you know some of our competitors for the sure. same type of boot. And there's a reason for that. My dad, my dad was always one. Of, he was one of the most price conscious. Matter of fact, he half time wondering if you're going to run the business out of business because he would never <laughs> raise prices. Yeah, some. Yeah, here's the material cost. This is what's going up. Ah, leave the prices the same. You know and and that kind of wore off. I mean, I, I really am conscious of that. The funny opposite side of the story is I get a lot of guys that will call and say, hey, your boots are $50 cheaper. They're $70 cheaper. Why aren't they as good? Because the con- you know, the perception is that, hey, if I'm going to pay more, I'm going to get more. Yeah, not always the case. And not always the case. And, and yeah. you know, we've had these conversations with it, with my partners that should we charge Thirty, forty, fifty dollars more, and get them more into line with our competition. But I'm on this guy's, you know, side where you know not everybody can afford that price. So we do the best that we can on the margins that we can. No, I to, I agree. You know, yeah, it's right. just one of those things. I know our product is just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. But we don't want, you know, we try not to inflate that price. No, and, I I totally agree with that yeah. I, i'm in me and dennis here we're, we see eye to eye we're cheap bastards well and it, and it's not even about being yeah. cheap it's it's just conscientious about it you know it's yeah. this stuff is expensive sure we're talking two three four five hundred dollars for footwear yeah you know and so yeah. sometimes it's it's a hard pill to swallow especially when yeah, we yeah. have maybe a spouse that isn't a hunter sure and and maybe the the you the, know it's going to cost you. It's going yeah, to cost, cost and, you. And like the justifying <laughs> it, like my wife can't even comprehend. Right. She right. like thinks that a hundred bucks for a pair of shoes is is ludicrous. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's for her. Oh. I, and I and I get it. <laughs> Believe me, I I get it. And I yeah. yeah. You know, our company has always been about quality. You know, there's you know there's so much competition in the inexpensive world and, and unfortunately it does come down to you you know you get what you pay for type thing and yeah for sure but all i can say is we do the best we can as far as you know we don't we don't i don't feel we gouge the customer i feel i know what we pay for these boots you know and i know what my costs are to get them over to us and clear to you know time you clear through customs and you do all these processes on these types of boots um could we charge more for sure? And I know we can mm-hmm. get it. We may even sell more, being closer in price. But uh, I know, isn't that weird how that works? It, it, it's it. I run so you, weird. You'd be surprised how many times I, <laughs> I hear wouldn't that be. question. <laughs> because of my day job, I I, I know. Um, yeah, you, you kind of put yourself in a different marketplace. You, you, you know, do, and, so. and people think have that perception that you're charging less. The boots are inferior. And, yeah, and uh, but. We've that's kind of how we've grown this little family business, you know, into a bigger business. It's just uh, being fair to the customer, you mm-hmm. know, stand by what you sell, you know. And if someone wants to call, 
call our number and ask for me, I, I'm always available, you know, and that's, yeah. I think that's a rarity anymore in companies. That I think so too. I mean, I, I look at when I reached out to you, I can't even remember what channel, if it was email or Facebook or, or what, mm-hmm. um, you were super responsive and a lot of people that, uh, don't have companies that are the size of Hoffman boots, not that you guys are some big monstrosity, right? but, um, Hey, you guys aren't spring chickens either. You, right. you know, you guys know what you're doing, and, and right. you've got a big piece of the market and uh, a, a really good reputation, and you responded immediately. Yeah. And and that that speaks that that says a lot to me. You, yeah. You know, because uh, it, it's it's tough. No. No. So always available. That's for sure. Okay. James Ramirez asks. I hope it's okay. I'm saying last names on this. I, I don't normally, but yeah. What what. You put it on Facebook, so it's already public. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James. He asks, insulation or no insulations, or if I could talk straight, insulation or no insulation but waterproof. What is your take on that? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think he was asking, you know, if he's asking for the type of boot, all of our mountaineering boots are waterproof. They're all going to have a Sempatec booty in them, which is the waterproof booty that goes into the boot. So they're all going to be waterproof. Uh, insulation is a personal preference. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer there. Uh, you know yourself better than anybody. You know, if you're getting cold easy when you're out hunting, if you're, you know, majority of the time you're wishing you had warmer feet, then yeah, throw an insulated pair of boots on. But um, I prefer uninsulated uh, and, and just kind of wearing, a, you know, a higher grade sock. Um, and you can have a little bit of flexibility with socks, you know, but you can, you can again, you got to watch that fit issue, but, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. um, it's just seems to me our hunting seasons aren't the way they were back when we were kids. You know, I remember hunting more in snow and more in colder weather anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like we get that. And so I, I kind of, uh, like I say, I bring my insulated boots along, but I, typically yeah, run I, my I don't, I don't ever wear, I don't think I wear insulated boots until like November, like yeah. even mid November. And not that it gets cold. It's just like you were, you and I were talking about earlier. Yeah. I move a lot, but, yeah. uh, and that really ties into this, this next question. Yeah. Uh, and that, which, that's a good point oh. where you just said too. And a lot of that's going to depend on how much movement you how have. How much movement. Yeah. yeah. So, so James, if you're, if you're one of these guys that are out there and on the move a lot, um, uninsulated would be my advice, but if you're going out and sitting for several hours and, and glassing and just kind of trying to stay still, then there's definitely a case for insulated there. So yeah, a lot sure. of it depends on your hunting tactics too. So yeah, really good point. So the, and that question actually ties in your answer ties into what I'm going to do is kind of wrap into it. A, a lot of people kind of ask the same question in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Craig, um, James again, Micah, uh, and there was one more. Now I can't find it. I can't. Any, anyways, uh, trying to throw a little love at the at the people asking questions here, but I can't find that one. And and so let's. Here's here's how I'll ask it. I want to do like three different scenarios. Okay. I want to do. I want to talk to the September archery elk hunter. Uh, and, and obviously there's, there's some seasons throughout the West where, you know, September they have muzzleloader in like Colorado. And so, but as, as a general rule in September, we're archery elk hunting. And usually the first half of September's, uh, you know, still summer. And then, and then it kind of rolls into that equinox and things start changing a little bit. Um, when we're talking about that September hunter, what kind of socks do you recommend and how many layers? Socks? Yeah. Socks. We're talking socks. Yeah. Um, 
Lots of miles, uh, keeping in mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I personally, why? And this again, this so much of it gets down to personal preference and what a guy's comfortable with. I, I typically wear a single pair of socks. You know, I wear a mid-weight. I wear a sock that has a good merino wool blend, at least a 70% blend in it. Um, I, I used to wear a Gobi sock. What they call can, it a Gobi can sock. I, can I back that up just sure. a bit? You, did you say a blended merino sock or, yeah, or a so full merino? Blended. So you're, you're going to want some like acrylic in it and things like that that have um, uh, the compression part of it. So your sock stays up, you know, on your leg. I'm going so, to your sock section on your website here. Yeah, and, and we're going to be bringing out a new sock line of our own here that we've been working on. So um, right now I use a sock that's, uh, well, you're looking at them right now, it's made by Darn Tough. It's, it's, they make this, a, top, this, this top one. This second guy here. The, that, just a great sock. Darn Tough does it. Guys out there, I'm sure, know the name. It's, they, yeah, they I know, a, I know a, that a name. Great product, a great product, and that's hopefully what our line's going to be like at a little better price, hopefully. So this would be your September recommendation. The, I, I wear the same sock almost all the time. Now a lot of guys would probably want to wear a little lighter weight sock than that. Again, my boot is fitted for that sock, you know. So if I go to too light of a sock, my boot doesn't quite fit as snug as I like, or just for some reason, I just like the way it fits with that sock. And so I wear, I have several of those pairs and that's what I wear. Okay. I'm um, going to get some of those, the, the darn tough guys. It, we're, I'm on the, I'm on hoffenboots.com and there's a tab that says everything else. And if you click on that, uh, you, you'll, you'll see a, a sock option. And so you click on that and there's, uh, the, the darn tough steely graphite sock. And the 15-inch darn tough sock made in USA, guaranteed for life. Let's see, 15-inch Danner midweight pronghorn sock, and that looks like that one looks like it's all merino, merino wool hunting sock. Yeah. Oh no, it's got an acrylic blend. Yep. Yep. Okay, I didn't even know that. Yeah. See how I'm I'm stupid, man. I told I, I should have warned you how behind the times I am here. Okay, and then you have the what? How do you pronounce that? That's Lorpen. Lorpen. Yeah. Lorpen merino wool sock. Two pair package, uh, and so if if people are on the website looking at this, so the, this guy right here would be your good September sock. I just like and, and it's sock. personal yeah, preference. It is. Okay, it is. I like the sock that comes up on the calf. Um, to me, it gives you a little bit more uh, kind of that compression feeling. It always uh, to me, it's a little less tiresome on the legs when you have that compression feeling. So it's just one of those things that I've again individual preference. Yeah, so. for sure. No, no, I think a lot of this. Is uh, you know, it's all subjective for sure. For sure. Um, okay, let's say we're going into mid October through, you know, beginning November, and we're getting temperatures like uh, hovering around that freezing. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe get a little snow. Does you personally like to run this sock singular, or do you start no, layering at that I, point? I still go singular, and truthfully, that sock is more geared for those cooler conditions. Um. It, it, it's you know and we're, th- and we're talking non-insulated boot right in a non-insulated okay boot, yeah okay. so if it's 90 degrees out and i'm wearing that sock yeah it's, it gets a little warmer because that sock is a pretty heavily uh insulated style sock you know it's not a, it's not made for that type of what i just it's, again personal preference i like the way it fits in the boot and that's that's the way i wear it um you know one thing we're focusing on right now with a new sock line we're coming out with is going to be that mid mid-range to heavier range type sock for those colder conditions so you up the content of merino wool uh on your heavier 
insulated type socks. On mm-hmm. the lighter weight socks, you're going to back that off a little bit and use other types of materials in there that uh, circulate better or breathe better. So we'll have a better selection of socks here shortly. Uh, we're we're kind of to the final stages of our final yeah. final sample type things, but that's coming <laughs> out. So I'm really excited about that. We've got some great great new products coming out there too. So good deal. No, that's fantastic. Okay. And then the last question I want to ask is from uh, Melissa asking about women's hunting boots. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. She, she didn't really specify what, yeah, what, what's a woman's probably hunting. Probably in woman's sizing. So we do do an insulated woman's explorer. Um, what we've done on that boot is kind of it's not as heavily insulated as our insulated explorer, but it's kind of an in betweener. So the thought process there is, and I, I hate and hate to say this, but you know, women's boots are tough. I mean, cause you just don't have the market and there's gals out there that hunt, um, the volume, you know, I hate to say, you know, everything is based off volume and we try to, we try to have some offerings for women because yeah. they're an important part of what our industry is. You know, we, the more women involved, the better, but what we've done on this boot is brought in a boot that's insulated, uh, basically like a 200 gram thinsulate type insulation so it's something that can be worn in a little bit wider range you can wear it earlier season you're not going to cook yourself out and when it comes time to colder conditions you've got something that has some insulation in it so we try to try to hit that or kind of try to hit that middle point basically gotcha gotcha so uh it, it's tough i wish we could have a bigger line of women's boots and we it's something we definitely are conscious of but um, that this is our first goal is the women's insulated explorer and you'll find that on our webpage too but it's a great little boot my uh, yeah it's in it's under the hunting section oh go ahead yeah yeah no I uh, my my daughter and my wife both have a pair um, again both of those guys aren't the you know they're not super active in the hunting part of it but we do do a lot of hiking and uh, a lot of winter outdoor usage and both of them use that boot and really enjoy it so good so good yeah. nice. Well, this has been a really good. I've learned a lot. Yeah, this has yeah. been awesome. Yeah, I no, appreciate you doing this. Uh, it's cool having somebody else named Jim. We can just yeah. go, hey Jim, how you doing? <laughs> no, good Jim. <laughs> so, no. um, do you have any anything that is coming out that you feel like the audience should know about that maybe to keep their eye out for? Yeah, anything yeah. like that. Like I mentioned earlier, we have some uh, some new. Uh, I would say warmer weather type boots coming out. Um, that I'm really excited about. We've boy, it's been a long haul trying to get them to where I want them. You mm-hmm. know, um, we've been close to pulling a trigger a few times, and I'll, I'll, you know, we've got wear test out there. We got the guys using the boots, and uh, me being one of them. And there's always something I'm like, yeah, we could do this a little bit different. You know, yeah. and I'm just never happy. And so um, <laughs> you're so, one of those guys. Yeah, huh? I'm one of those guys. <laughs> but no, I, I want, you know, I want the boot to perform the way I would want it to perform. And so. Um, so we'll be looking for some of that stuff. And then, uh, what, what are those expected? Truthfully, I'm going to probably say it's going to be next year, next year at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of these things that I don't want to hurry, you know, and it's really important that I don't hurry and just settle. So, um, (laughs) I've, I've got a lot of guys out there that we've, we've got a a group of guys that have these boots on right now and they're like, yeah, let's do it. Bring it to market, bring it to market. And 
and <laughs> something's just not right with you. Right? I'm the only one that's saying, "Wait, you're, you're you know? the holdup." So yeah, and then and then our new uh, our new 800 gram thensulate line boot for that colder condition. I do a lot of stuff late in the year, and and you know one thing I notice that as I get older. My feet seem to get a little colder than they used to, you know. Yeah, mine too, man. Yeah, I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, totally. It's one of those things. But yeah. uh, my feet so, used to never get cold. No, me either. Yeah, me either. But now, uh, now it seems to be where that happens a little more. And so, uh, having a little bit heavier insulated boot for that late season, I'm kind of excited about that one getting out there too. So, so yeah, a few yeah. things like that. But cool. You know, I guess if I was to wrap it up, I just you know, really like people to give us a try. You know, I think yeah. I think they'll be really in, impressed with the quality of these boots and. Um, no, it's, it, and, and I would, I would, I would follow that up with, uh, Jim, you know, like for, for you guys listening, if you, if you guys are, are serious about having a, a high quality set of boots, right. That a lot of people have already, it's already like this. It's not like you guys are brand new. This is tried and true stuff. Like I said earlier, you guys are not spring chickens in the boot industry, right. even in comparatively speaking about hunting boots specifically, that's. You, you guys have the background, and and I and I maybe I say that because I wore them and I loved them, and mm-hmm. I put a lot of damn miles on those things. These they're great boots. It's not going to break the bank for the quality that you're getting. Uh, there, it's this is this is American-made stuff, an American company, a great company born out of just what what I talk about all the time. What I've been talking about for the last two months with these product type episodes, uh, you just can't go wrong with a Hoffman boot. I mean, yeah. you really can't go wrong with a hop and boot. So, yeah, yeah that's my that. that's my sales pitch. Well, like I said, I think our, our name is really well known in that yeah, lineman and for sure. And when you think about it, those are about the two toughest industries out there. You know, guys that are in the log industry and guys that are in lineman industry, they beat their stuff up. So you beat the shit out of them. And you don't make a good product in that, right? And then make a crappy product in the right. hunting line. So, so we know what quality yeah, looks like. For exactly. Sure. So that's that's really important. So. No, awesome. Jim, this has been on. Awesome. Oh, you know what? We almost forgot to talk about the promo code. Sure. We good do with that. doing that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so uh, you guys, and what I'll do is I'll put this in the show notes, guys, as well as link the uh, website in with the show notes. But if you guys are interested in, in the market for a new pair of boots and uh, jump on their website, if you use promo code HUNTSMAN15, all caps lock, in fact, just copy and paste the code from the show notes. Yep. It'll be easier. Huntsman 15 will get you 15% off. So H U N T S M A N 15, uh, all, all caps lock again, uh, 15% off new yeah. pair of Hoffman's man. Yeah. No, cool. I'd love to do that for your listeners out there. So no, I appreciate um, it. I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So well, save a few more bucks. What the yeah. Heck, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> great guys. So, so take advantage of that. And now is the time to be looking at that guys. So, you get your boots now, uh, especially you September hunters. We're you know six eight weeks out from from uh, September elk season, yep. and uh, you need to get those suckers and start wearing them. Can't wait for sure. Yep. Are you are you going to be doing some September hunting this year? Are you going to stick with October? Uh, mainly October. Do a little little archery hunting in early September. Yeah. And then uh, mainly going into October November. I was telling you about a hunt I have in November too. So I tell you what. Yeah. I'll make you a deal. You get you your B tag. You know how you have that five days or whatever right, in September. Right. Come out and I'll call in a bull for you. Deal. All right. Done deal. Sounds good. I ain't, I'm not going to help you pack it. <laughs> no, you don't have to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got a couple boys for that. So. <laughs> no, I'll even help you pack it out, man. So that'd be great. Jim Hoffman, thanks a bunch for joining me Thank on the you. show. Uh, this has Glad been good. Be and uh, we might have to do this again sometime. Heck yeah. Heck cool. Yeah. Thanks. Right. Thanks, you guys.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. Glad you joined us. If you liked that episode, please tell a friend and let me know what you thought at jimatthewesternhuntsman.com. And don't forget to check out our show sponsors. The links are in the show notes. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain. Mm-hmm.